time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I am Kevin, your host. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? Uh, good. You were telling me you had to put a zippy on, which is apparently your way of saying you had to put a hoodie on. We are expecting five to eight inches of snow over the next 24 hours, and it hasn't been above freezing in a week. Uh So basically, I'm a hero for just pushing through and doing the podcast, and you continue to be a spoiled Californian. So the difference between a hoodie and a zippy is a hoodie is something you, like, put over you. Like, you have to, like, go into it. A zippy is something you just zip up, so that's a zippy. At Verbal Tapcast on Twitter, if you're listening to the show on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a little rating, please. Not after uh, that discussion. Oh, come on. That was perfect. Was as you ended on a made-up pl- thing about what zippies are, as you're inventing this thing that no one calls no, it. No, but you're telling people to rate timing. us for an MMA podcast after you bitch about the weather Comedy and then podcast. try and take me to task and then fail miserably about uh, the difference between a hoodie and a zippy. And that's the beauty of me being four Miller Lights in. That all made perfect sense. Please don't go away, audiences. Just stick around. It's going to get better, I promise you. From Drysdale Jiu-Jitsu, we have Christian Woodmency on the show tonight. Yes. Awesome. If if you're going to stick around for any reason, at least stick around for that. Yeah, we uh, talked to him about jiu-jitsu, MMA, rep that tweet, what uh, it's like training in Vegas and where he does and sort of his jiu-jitsu story. Cool stuff. But before that, Rafa Sparza, how are you doing? You limber? You loose? Feeling agile? Um, oh, I always am. Well, always? <laughs> That's, uh, not the point. We are playing a brand new game because we have a shitload of stuff to get Raf's opinion on happening in the mixed martial arts UFC entertainment, sort of that whole melting pot. We're going to play a game called Earned It. Raph is simply going to tell us, as I present him with these news stories, whether or not the person has earned what they're doing. Are you ready, Raph? Earned it. (laughs) That should be your, yeah. Okay, so uh, there should be a t-shirt for this, or like a noise, but we'll work on it. John Jones is getting some mixed reviews. The headline was that he is no company man over on the Bleacher Report. Basically, here's what happened, Raph, which you already know, but I would like your opinion. John Jones questions whether or not the UFC always has his best intentions and says he's preserving his own brand. They talk about how he he talks about how they're really pushing Ronda Rousey and kind of says that he's not like the fighters of the past and he calls them out specifically like Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, guys that would just shut up and do anything and never voice their opinion. He says he's trying to change the game. Rafa Sparza, has he earned it? Earned it. Earned it. You're just – could you elaborate? Why is he yes. earned it? Okay, here's the deal. John Jones has put in his time as a champion. He has definitely gotten to this point now where he's got to be the elder statesman who speaks up against the UFC because the UFC does whatever the fuck it wants. And if the UFC doesn't like something, they tend to squash it unless you happen to be a marketable champion in a time when there are not marketable champions. So when he's talking about, you know, fighter pay and disillusionment with different people getting preferential treatment, himself included, and the protection of a brand, I say, yeah, he's earned the ability to talk about it. Why not? I do find it – I do have to mention that I find it interesting he has sort of changed his tune. He was very pro-UFC in the beginning, obviously. Um. But this is a new attitude change to me. And is it just because he's he's an untouchable heavyweight? No. He's always had that air of I'm awesome to him. Now it's just a little bit more extrapolated because he has a belt on his shoulder. And not only does he have a belt on his shoulder, but he's beaten some significant people that allows him to carry himself that way. John Jones also just started fight camp right now. His philosophy is, you know, He's really going to put in the time to train when he needs to. And that's, I think that kind of 
approach only happens when you're the champ. Like, if you and talked to John Jones maybe a few years ago, I don't think he'd be saying that exact thing. It's worth mentioning Gatorade and Nike. He already has endorsements. He got some Beats by Dre headphones. So he does have authority that most fighters do not in the sense that he doesn't necessarily need that UFC deal. So it's an interesting... Nope. It's going to be interesting. I agree with you. Pettis. Anthony Showtime Pettis says he'll fight Aldo at 145 or 155 trying to get... That super fight with Jose Aldo. Raph, has he earned this? Earned it. Are you are you serious? You really think Anthony Showtime Pettis, whom you know is one of my favorite fighters, you think he has earned the ability to already be saying, hey, I demand this. I want to fight him. I'll fight him at whatever weight. I'll tell you this much right now. With all this talk about fucking super matches and fucking super fights and all of this bullshit. We're never going to see it, but at least we have two willing participants now who are saying this. What hasn't been earned is the fact that Dana recently said that if somebody moves up a weight class and they're a champion and they're challenging for a different title, they have to drop that weight class belt that they are holding. I don't know that I'm into that as much. I think that's a weird stipulation. I get the the pragmaticness of it, but I am of sure. the old school of why not have two belts on? Why not be intercontinental both. champion and world heavyweight champion at the same time? I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think Pettis has earned the right as I don't think he's got enough title defenses to be calling out somebody in like to say that I demand a super bite. But that said, I'm totally in on it because how fucking amazing would that fight be? It just Showtime sounds super Pettis? exciting. And you know what? <laughs> if we've learned like the best anything, if we've learned anything from boxing and from these long in the works, these fights are gonna happen, super fights is they don't happen. So this is a great why test not that. make it fucking happen now? I why don't not? like the fact that whenever they talk about it, we just we talk about it forever, and then they don't happen. And then if they do happen, it's long after the fact. Yeah, yeah, I want it. I just want this fight especially. Let's test it. Just 145, 155, those weights are almost indistinguishable. They sound the same. They look the same. Who can tell? Raph, Dana White admits to cutting Loyota Machida a check after he beat up Tito Ortiz. Has he earned that? Earned it. <laughs> okay. Now, the president of the UFC admitted he personally took money out of his bank account, completely unprecedented, gave it to a fighter just because he happened to beat the shit out of someone that he disliked. You may You're have saying it took me a while to really give you a response, right? I did notice that. Okay. Well, part of that was I was going to like start with not earned it. But then you realize it's Tito Ortiz who was the one Dana was paying to see get beat up. So then you got to think about it and go, does that outweigh? Does like the stupidity of Tito Ortiz outweigh the probably questionable nature of the president of a company giving money to one of his fighters as an added bonus? Because he had some beef with one of those fighters. But it's Tito Ortiz. Yeah, sure. I don't necessarily care that it's Tito Ortiz, but I do get what you're saying. So I'm going to... Okay. That's a lie, but sure. <laughs> Jessica I fails a marijuana drug test. Has she learned nothing from the Diaz? Bro I mean, what are we doing here? She tests positive. She claimed it was a medicate. It was like a blood thinner. Mm -hmm. It was weed. She has not been suspended. Earned it, Raph? Not earned it. <laughs> not earned it. You not think maybe it. she needs like a few more wins under her belt before she should be so flippant with marijuana? Well, let's put it this way. I am a big proponent of somebody who gets caught with marijuana and just goes, yeah, it was weed. <laughs> Me too. I'm not so much certain where I fall. I made weight. So, yeah. fuck you. I mean, Kev, truth be told, could you pass a drug test right now? Uh, 
Okay. What I'm saying to you is this. I think in that respect, it is kind of a lifestyle thing that is a little invasive of the UFC policy. So, mm. pros and cons. But ultimately, just if you're fucking doing weed, then at least come out and just be like, yeah. Don't I, <laughs> I, I totally. I mean, yeah, I, I, I hate I, I'm stance. with you. So, <laughs> I'm with you. It's, it doesn't bother me that she was smoking weed. Just, uh, you know, you sign the contract. Just either own up to it or don't. That's all we're asking. Um, Jessica I. Though something tells me she's going to end up getting quite a bit of good press from this. So we'll see. She's already on the cover of High Times Weekly, I'm sure. <laughs> Positive, actually. Uh, they'll probably get to it in like a month, though. There's no way they got her already. That's oh, nice. oh no. <laughs> that, Come on. that installment for that issue isn't coming out until November. They're going to get around to it <laughs> very slowly. The Thanksgiving issue. Pro Fighter tells us <laughs> Ronda Rousey signs up for two more movies, says making movies will make her a better fighter. Rafa Sparza. Not earned it. Not earned it. No. <laughs> you, you know what? Let me set this up. Probably not many people that would be better as advis- advisors, adversaries. Adversaries. That's how they say it in French. Those are the, I, uh, probably, I guess. <laughs> That's probably how they say it in French. You know a lot about these Hollywood things. You know a little bit about mixed martial arts. Not earned it. Why not? She's the most popular UFC women's fighter, arguably one of the pound-for-pound most popular fighters ever. Oh, I'm not saying don't earn your money and, like, fucking get out there while the iron's hot and make it. That's fine. a better fighter. (laughs) No, not even a better fighter. She's a great fighter. She's the best in the division. There's not really a question for that. So it's not that she hasn't earn the ability to kind of do what she wants but that doesn't mean she's earned her place in hollywood i was trying to figure this out and i was like man other than the fast and the furious franchise what movies do i really want to see her involved in mm-hmm. uh nothing that's gonna re- maybe like a um a channing tatum Type movie, she'd be a really funny one-minute cameo as a crazy ex-girlfriend that's also a fighter. You know, she'd be good in that role. I don't know, and I'll say this: maybe what we don't know is she was I'm the just... best actress in the world on The Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> but I'm inclined Let's to think she's like not quite good at it. So we'll see. I don't know. For action movies, it's in a weird state of flux. We could always use more female action stars. Does it make her a better fighter? Not earned it. Well, what is she? Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. But what is she doing? She's doing fast, whatever, seven, whatever it is. She's also doing Expendables 3. Is that the... Acceptable. Those are two great franchises to be a part of. Why not? (laughs) Those are arguably one of the best franchises in history and arguably one of the grossest pieces of shit franchises ever in history. But... I think that's really, really mean of you to say about the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, shut your mouth. The Expendables movies are, if you've never seen them, the basics is that this, like, contracting special forces crew flies their favor. fucking Kevin, plane that crashes Kevin, every third shut up trip. for a second because... Spoiler alert, if the plane you never are trying stops to crashing. The Expendables <laughs> to our listening audience, I don't want them as members of our audience. They know you what the Expendables they've already is. Seen it. Of course they've seen it. Some of our audience knows how to read, Raph, and a lot of those people have not <laughs> taken time <laughs> That's to a see the Expendables kick. franchise. Kevin, so she would wrong. fit in beautifully, that. though. Because uh, they always have scenes that require very little acting. What are you talking about? Just the least amount of acting possible. I actually go out of his mouth right now. I'm gonna go get this plane, and we're gonna go get Jay Stadium, and we're gonna go new rap. Oh, that's a really good slide. That's exactly what you'll hear in high depth. I will let you know that was sliced alone having a stroke, in case you wanted to know (laughs) what particularly that impression was. Yeah, that one. That's good. Thank you. It sounded strokey. So, good luck, Rhonda. You know, no reason. Hey, no one's judging you. Just a better fighter? I don't know about that. 
she's going to find very quickly there's an easier way to make a living, and that's it. So if mm-hmm. she can keep cameo in that, we'll see, though. She's kind of... I was just saying they should tap into those, like, clearly she has some issues with, like, uh, being sort of that crazy lady, like, with the crying. I guess. They could possibly do that. But but I don't see that in a Jason uh, or a Channing Tatum film. I see that more in a a Jason Segel movie. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's a perfect. Like, she's the sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. She's the, like, want to forget (laughs) Sarah Sarah Marshall. Marshall Still trying to forget Sarah Marshall. That'd be a good sequel. Any day now, I will have forgotten about Sarah Marshall. <laughs> All right. Metamorris 3, the commentators have been announced. Kenny Florian, no surprise there. Very gifted. Been doing it for a while. One of my favorites in the UFC. Uh, needs to tone down his tenacity voice, but otherwise he's good. And Jeff Glover. Raph, have these two earned it? Not earned it. Not earned it. Which one are you? What are you objecting to, Florian Glover or the pair? Both of them. Because when have we ever seen the two of these people ever do jujitsu? Uh, well, we've seen a lot, actually. We've seen them do. Have we? All the time. Yes. Are you <laughs> Jeff sure? Glover about that? fights. Yeah, he fights at like every other fight card. Kenny Florian was in the UFC for a really long time. Got made his claim as a Grappler's Quest guy back in the day. Could you prove that in a court of law? <laughs> yeah, I could. I could show video evidence of it. Mm. A lot of video evidence. Uh, of it. I'm not so sure. I like Can, your skepticism. Can I do. He, Florian? <laughs> Can, yeah, it, there's a great Metamorris released one. And it's just like, say what you want about Kenny Florian, which is a weird thing to say, by the way. That's kind of like <laughs> how you preface someone. It's like, Raph's Raph. You know, it's like saying they're a bag. Say, Say what you what want you about them. About Kevin but the man's got style. Yeah. But there's he a lot finished of that. college. <laughs> there it is. Kevin's Kevin. You know, Kevin's Kevin. That's not a good thing to say about someone. That means you can't come up with a good adjective. Oh, I they... guess we're going to close that out. No, they should be because we've seen what Metamorphosis commentary looks like without them. So I welcome them. Both of them know how to entertain, they know a general uh, <laughs> audience and what they expect. Jeff Glover, I'm I'm hoping, is some kind of nonsense on the mic. You know, that was just, I was grinning because I was like, what do you think is going to be the weirdest thing Jeff Glover says? I don't know. I I (laughs) just, I want to take that journey because I feel it's a fun journey to take. If anything, I think it puts the burden on Kenny Florian because he's got to be the straight announcer just really, really down the line and then react to whatever the fuck's happening with Jeff. And if Jeff punks us all and just does straight up commentary, that's kind of interesting to see too. So I guess yeah, that could be, to, especially because you're just going to be waiting for him to break. It's like, yeah. when is he going to go take a pizza break out back and come back? <laughs> but I, Wildly I'm so. excited for the two. I think they'll make a good pair. And uh, clearly, can we say this without it being, facetious but it's already better than al bundy and henner oh god yeah ed o'neill yeah just didn't have his uh chops on him i don't know if he thought he was just going to be there kind of as a guest type of thing but yeah and then henner's dark ominous this is exactly what he wants to be doing right now this is exactly he's a master oh oh very funny you, you mentioned that Kevin. let me let me tell you a few things that are happening right here this is all happening because it was created by that's right my family, very important in our family. Whenever we do jujitsu, you see how important that grip is. That grip is everything. He knows that. He's got it. It's just so fucking shut up. Like, I'm sorry, no. I mean, just calm down. Is the only. <sighs> okay. I'm stoked though. They released the third trailer. This isn't an earned it. This is just uh, go to Metamorphos and watch the trailer. Sure. Or a second trailer. It's Clark Gracie. And Mendez, Rafael, unbelievable. Raph, last one. Tyler, oh fuck. <laughs> Tyler Manowarcia. Good try, but go ahead. Thank you. A tough nations candidate. Yes, that show's still on. 
he has been told even if he wins, he will not receive a UFC contract because of a racial Instagram post that he made. Earned it? Earned it, because what the <laughs> shit? <laughs> Earned that he gets it? Yeah, just whatever this... I didn't see the exact details of the post, but, um, you know, we talked about this. This is the UFC sort of taking their stance. We saw it with their, and you approved of it, their immediate dismissal of Thiago Silva. They are buttoning down and trying to really clean up the moral integrity of the sport. You, You are all for that. Is that correct? I mean, you're kind of a prude. It's the only reason I'm mentioning it. Oh, no. What I'm saying is this. The UFC has to protect the investment of the company. If the company were to look bad at this, then it would affect us all. So what they want to do is distance themselves rightfully from an, quote, unquote, alleged murder. (laughs) And a little, you know. Well, not a, a, a proven racism, murder, but somebody little, who is, you know, violence, threatening yeah. people in their gym that they're going to shoot them all. If Absolutely. That is the case, which, again, Kevin and I were not there. We don't know. We just have the information we've been presented. But if that does sound like the story, you probably should distance yourself from it and then ask for forgiveness after. Yeah. Over under, if you and I were like owning a gym training, how many times do you think people would think mistake our sarcastic yelling for possible threatening situations? I don't know. Two I or three a week. Feel that you and I might be threatened a lot, so it would be hard to delineate if anything happening is real or not. Yeah, especially because we we tend to run deep with the sarcasm. Mm-hmm. So we could be going on at many levels that might be very confusing for the layman's. Yeah. Hey, lesson learned. You know, that'll cost you a UFC contract. So very helpful for you kids out there trying to be in the UFC. Stop publishing publishing racist things on social media. You know, <laughs> it will catch up with you. It's true. Um, don't be racist is obviously the first part. But don't be racist. Take a stance, Kevin. That's right. It's, wow. <laughs> it's uh, Equality Week here oh at the God. podcast. Don't. What do you say we stop all this nonsense and bring on our guest, Christian Wimensky? Sounds like a good time. Cool. Enjoying the podcast? <laughs> what am I saying? Of course you are. Tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter at VerbalTapCast. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Verbal Tap. Listeners, we have, uh, continuing on with Raph and I's really excessive BJJ nerdiness, we have another up-and-comer on the BJJ scene. You can see him at the Pan Ams where he was a 2013 champion. He's been winning like crazy. Christian, Wuminsi. Christian, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you guys? We're really good. Yeah, we heard from uh, Robert today, and Christian was like, you know, I've, I'm doing jiu-jitsu for 15 hours this evening, but I can fit you guys in a little bit, so we are stoked you're here to talk to us. You're an um, so instructor out you there guys. as well, right? Yeah, um, I currently live here. I train and I teach full-time. It's my only job. It's the only thing that I do all day, every day, seven days a week, sometimes six, depending on if I can sleep in on Sundays. But it's all I do for now. <laughs> That's cool. I, I also want to uh, you know, talk to our listeners real quick and see what your opinion is on this. What do you think about Kevin being on a first-name basis with Robert now? Do you think he's earned that? <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good. He's a good guy to be friends with, uh, more than likely. I'm sure the first name basis thing only works one side. So I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, because he's such a busy man, but, um, it's, uh, it's a nice <laughs> friend to have. Uh, he sometimes doesn't remember my name, so that's kind of <laughs> awkward as well, but, um, he's a good guy and I'm, I'm glad that you guys t- talk to each other. Cause you probably talk more than me and him do. So it's nice. Well, let's not go that far. I doubt but let's it. also <laughs> discuss the fact that Kev, and I had to stop him here before he kept doing this was probably just minutes away from being like, me and Rob, you know, we feel the same way about jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, I should clarify, Christian is a brown belt under Robert Drysdale. Um, if you, Most people, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who Drysdale is, obviously. So 
Um, you come with very high praise. And with that, Christian, what's it like? Um, I know I've actually seen you compete. I saw you compete at the Purple Belt. What's it like to be up on the Brown Belt stage winning Pan Am and World Championships? Uh, I mean, it's nice. I, I enjoy winning. Uh, it's always good to win. Um, I'm, I kind of look at things like, you know, um, I'm, all my goals and my dreams are based at the black belt level. So it's nice to be practicing and putting everything into effect, getting ready for when that time comes. So, um, I mean, I enjoy winning. I enjoy being a part of a team and I enjoy having responsibility when it comes to that. So, um, I mean, I try to compete as much as I can and I try to have as much fun as I can as well. So, uh, just going out there and being able to do what I do every day is it's nothing different to me, but it's uh, it's nice to get cheered on. It's nice to make people happy. It's nice to hear people so they're proud of you. So it's a definite accomplishment in my book. How long have you been training total? Um, March 17th would be my sixth year in Mark. Um, I took off a little bit because I was trying okay. to do like a college <laughs> thing, but I stopped doing actually stupid. I started doing jiu-jitsu. So, um, six years. Wow, I really like how specific that is uh first of all. i know and, I know. and second of all it, it also tells me did you have a great saint patrick's day or a weird one six years ago um no i mean uh i didn't have a great one it's just uh it's the timing of it how everything fell into place um it was a very uh the class was a headache for more ways than one um but it was the best class yeah. that i ever took and it kind of bit me and i was stuck from that point forward so it was it was really nice. It's a very important day, so it's kind of like my anniversary. I'm late, and that's how I remember it. No, I mean, it's uh, I, easy to remember. That's good. Yeah, I would come up with, like, a cool drunk vision quest story because um, <laughs> people are going to be asking you, the more you succeed, they're going to want more details out of this. So just uh, talk about getting in, like, a fight, and it went to the ground and, like, the vision. I got it, Kev, Here's the thing. He ran into a Is leprechaun. Not- <laughs> he ran into a leprechaun who told him his future – and from and there, beat the shit out of him. Exactly, no? jujitsu okay. knowledge. That he learned really quickly that it is a game for the smaller man. Now, uh, Christian, here's the thing: How would you describe your game to some of the folks who maybe haven't seen you, like some of our listeners? Like, give yourself uh, the best description that you can, so that people who haven't seen you would want to see you. Um, I try to be as entertaining as possible. At the same time, I I don't have a very friendly style of jiu-jitsu um it used to be different but now i find like uh my my game my comfort zone is basically based off of me capitalizing on people doing the right thing rather than trying to build off of their mistakes so um i've evolved my jiu-jitsu and my game to basically do everything that i can to make sure that no matter what this person does they they become demoralized and mentally break before i physically break them um nice. but like you know i I, mo- I i try to have fun i try to make it entertaining because i mean at the end of the day, if I want to succeed, I want people to enjoy what they're seeing. I want to be able to, you know, share it with the world. And if it's boring, just wants to watch it. I mean, nothing against people that have very strategic, super technical, boring fights. But I would rather win by submission or lose by submission. I'm not in the point. I'm not trying to go into an overtime or I'm not trying to lose unless I get submitted. Like, I, I want to make sure that, you know, two men enter, one man leaves type of style or else I'm just not interested in partaking it. The... Fight style, and tell me if you get this very frequently. When I was watching you, um, I I had just been watching also a Jeff Glover match. You kind of have a Glover style because you put yourself in some um, just low percentage positions, and it seems to be part of your game plan because I'll notice that you'll set up transitions and you'll set up submission attempts out of those bad positions. Is that where you're predicting what people are sort of just supposed to do and using it against them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have some things like I, I I tend to give up my back a lot, but I'm very yeah. Confident. That's what I noticed. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel I feel good giving up my back because I know I'm not going to get my back taken. I'm not going to get choked. I'm not going to. So like, I like to come up on top. But you know, I try to. In some ways, you know, it's like I, I hear often people say they're either really really stupid or really dumb. You know, and it's like, oh well, you know, they're both the same thing. And it's like, yeah, not really. And it's like, okay, well, I'm still trying to play the game, but I want people to feel really comfortable and feel like they're in control. You know, and that, that last second, that's my capitalize. So, um, but like I said, you know, I, a lot of the times when I, I compete, I'm trying new things. I mean, I, I care if I win, but at the same time, it's like I want to test what I'm working at the highest level. Because I mean, when I'm in the gym and I'm and I'm training and I'm, I'm trying new things, yes, they may work, they may not work, but I want to see at the world class level if they're going to work. You know, so. 
I mean, I try to do different things. I try to be entertaining. I hear often something like, you know, like, oh, you look just like Glover. Like, you guys have similar styles of just having fun and giving up your back or doing weird things. But, I mean, uh, for the most part, you know, I, I hear from them all the time, giving up bad positions or being in a bad spot and working from there. But for me, that's how I learn. It's for me, that's how I get better. That's where I kind of try to focus on in the gym. And then I, it kind of evolves into my game when I train to uh, compete for a tournament. So sometimes it goes all the way into that. But I try to keep it very simple once I go to compete. It, it doesn't happen as much at brown if it did a purple. I'm sure it won't happen as much as black one day, hopefully. <laughs> when did you start putting yourself in those types of – when did this game evolve? Is this like a year two? Is this a year three? Or is this something you had done from, from the jump? Uh, well, the problem is is that since I started training so I never really had anybody my size to train with. So I was training with guys that were a lot bigger than me or they were far more advanced and bigger than me. So I was constantly always being in a, in a position of defending myself, whether I put myself there or I was forced there. So, I mean, after a period of time, you know, I, I started to develop my jiu-jitsu based off of being in bad holes, you know, realizing I don't want to be in certain places, being comfortable in some places that I shouldn't be. But, um, I mean, that's kind of always just been what I've, always started i never knew what you could do other than that like i didn't know when i started like i should not have my back taken i should do this i just always figured if it happens i work out of it i get on top and that's it so um it's it's escalated and it got worse before it got better but for the most part it's just kind of always been there um i'm sure it always will be as well it's just kind of part of my game raf you've been to las vegas to train so i have i'm super jealous of both of you what's the coolest thing about training in vegas all the time um, I mean, the, the Vegas lifestyle, I mean, I've trained a lot of different places all over the country, and the Vegas lifestyle is just, it's different. Like, everybody here is kind of like, uh, if they're from Las Vegas, you can kind of tell, like, they're they're into the lifestyle, like, they want to, like, just do jiu all the time, and they still, like, have jobs, they still, like, they're able to balance both. Uh, the training is phenomenal. Rob's the smartest guy I've ever met, in general, let alone on the mat. I mean, to be able to teach a class next to him or take a class under him or be able to train with him. It's an honor. Always, always will be. Um, oh, but like the people that come here from all over the world to watch UFC or to come train, like it's cool to like see what everybody's doing all over the world. You have people come in from, from Ireland, from Poland, from Australia, from Greece. And like, we get to see all these different games from all over the world because they're obviously friends with Raleigh and associated with us. So it's yeah. nice to be here to be able to tap into that. And I, I didn't get that in a lot of other places. You know, you're coming from Philadelphia. How does one get from Philadelphia to Las Vegas? It seems far. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, originally I started training and I didn't know, like, what IBJJF was or Owls or any of that stuff. And I just liked jujitsu. And I was kind of like a big fish in a small pond, even though I was tiny. But I kind of – I liked what I was doing and I dove into it and I kind of was getting really good. But I – wanted to always get better and I knew that you know I was obviously setting these boundaries up for myself but I can only go so far in certain places so I mean I was in Philadelphia I went from Philly to Miami I trained with like Pablo Popovich and Cyborg Cyborg mainly and all the Avenger guys and when I was there nobody was my size and I was kind of like going through some light stuff and I was like yeah let's make another change and Rob was the first like big name that I ever heard in jiu-jitsu so like I was like oh I should go train with Robert Drysdale and I contacted him I kind of acted like cool, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm this guy. And he's like, yeah, I don't know who you are, but you can come and train with us if you want. I was like, okay, cool. So, so, like, you know, I packed up all my stuff in Miami, and I drove to Las Vegas, and, and that was, like, uh, about two and a half years ago, and I've been here ever since. So it was nice to make that move because if I didn't, I definitely wouldn't be able to accomplish anything that I have to say or learn what I've had. A lot of it is in Rob's hands, so it's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Given in a daily month – how many different black belts will sort of travel through that gym? I mean, Rob has a lot of black belts, like a lot, but we've got a decent amount of black belts that are just here that are just training that are in Las Vegas that live here. So it's nice to get all that. Um, Besides that, I mean, we have world-class guys at every belt level. So it's like, it's good to have black belts because obviously black belts are like, it's like, Oh, this is awesome. But I mean, a majority of the guys that I'm training with, you know, it's like, their belts don't even matter. I've, I've seen guys at purple belt that I've seen that could smash black belts at any level. It's like, you know, this or is UFC what stars, are about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. but I mean, like on average, I mean, each month, I mean, you know, I'll train with differently, maybe around 15 to 20 different black belts a month. Uh, people are always coming in, we're always traveling, whatever's going on. But I mean, Rob's always has 
all his friends coming in here, and it just so happened to be that his friends are, you know, sure. uh, Lucas Leche and Leo Vieira and Lopella. <laughs> it's like, oh, who is this guy? They can't you know exactly who this guy is. So it's nice to be able to, you know, kind of feed off of that. You know what I mean? Because not a lot of guys have that opportunity to have world-class guys just walk into the gym and just train, and it's not like a it's not like, oh, my God, you need to pay $100 to train this guy. Like, it's just, you just train. It's really yeah. nice. So it's, it's something that I was never used to. Can you tell us maybe uh, one of the coolest experiences uh, that you care to share? Maybe just that – I mean, we got a preview of that just from what you were going into there. But what was maybe the coolest moment for you since training in Vegas? Um, I mean, uh, we've had a lot of guys come here. And, I mean, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of them. So, I mean, I've had a, all these guys come in and obviously, like, you know, I'm uh, – try to do as much as I can in the gym, so I have a lot of responsibility. So Rob trusts me a lot because of my responsibilities also. A lot of these guys they come in and Rob's already shared with them who I am or you know what I'm trying to do. So I mean recently uh Kavaka was here. Uh uh this was after Worlds, uh, uh Nogi Worlds. So Kavaka came and uh, it's the first time that I sat down with Kavaka because I've seen the tournaments we've all like gone out to lunch, but you know, he came and me him and Rob like went out and they were shopping because obviously Kavaka was going back to Brazil and, I, I guess for some reason yeah. it's cheaper here in Brazil and all sorts of stuff. So um, it was nice <laughs> to sit down and talk to Kavaka and Rob like in a like a not on the mat type thing, you know, and it was like real life stuff and Kavaka and Rob were like talking to me about basically, you know, what I've accomplished and they're proud of me and like what they like expect of me. Um, for some reason like uh where I am and I guess the type of person that I am, not a lot of people talk to me about like certain things. So it was nice to like have a humbling experience and to like that like two very well respected people respected me so it was a kind of like a it was like a huge reward to me like that's that's what made things work it was it was nice to make people that i look up to proud so um it was nothing crazy but at the same time it's like we're just out walking around you know these two huge six foot twelve black belts that are just <laughs> like talking portuguese to everybody and they're like looking at me this five foot kid and they're like oh we're really proud of you and i'm like oh this is great i don't want to cry in public so just keep <laughs> okay. it was fun that's definitely one of the highest moments of my, of my career thus far. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it's interesting, and I, it's just so cool because, I mean, Drysdale's one of those people that goes way back in jiu-jitsu. I mean, jiu-jitsu sort of exploded over the last three to five years, but he's been doing it since there were eight people doing it, and it was it was hard to find instructors. So there must be – it's got to be a cool lineage part. So – Talk to us about 2014 and kind of what your goals are from a competitive standpoint. Uh, well, um, I won I won Nogi Pan Ams twice at Brown, and I just won Worlds too. So um, I kind of changed my priorities. I I I don't know, you know, what Rob has in store for me or what he wants me to do because you know it's kind of just like he just tells me to like, train hard and then compete. So um, I basically wanted to do a lot of Nogi events this year because I. My dream right now, what I'm really trying to focus on is getting an invite to the 2013 ADCC. So um, I'm really focusing on all my Nogi oh, stuff. So cool. I'm going to I'm going to the um, Nogi Europeans in April. I have like a bunch of seminars set up, and so, I mean, like basically for the next year, I'm focusing on getting stronger, getting bigger, gaining weight, working on my Nogi game. Uh, obviously, competing as much as I can with top level guys, traveling the world, teaching seminars, to obviously pay the bills, and think for the most part, just kind of like get ready for the next big step is whether that's ADCC if I get invited or if it's you know, getting ready for black or whatever it may be but I'm just trying to really this year focus on getting this best, the best of my abilities to get to get ready for the next step and also I figured traveling the world and seeing new people and trying new things would be able to open my eyes to these techniques and situations and uh, Rob supporting it so it's cool so it'll be kind of awkward to be away from Vegas it's, much as I will be, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to get away and be supported while trying to do all that stuff. Yeah, get out and do some traveling too. It's always a nice perk yeah. of the job. It's like I'm yeah, just traveling nice. around, teaching people how to fight better. That's a great pickup <laughs> line in a bar too. So that's why. Yeah, it hopefully, works. yeah. I mean, if they speak English, that would be nice, you know. So hopefully, well, I'll go and already understand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just uh, bring the gi with you. That'll help. What do you <laughs> fight at right now, weight-wise? Um, I walk around at, like, uh, I've been gaining not a lot because obviously it's impossible to gain some weight. So I'm, like, walking around right now at, like, 130 pounds. I compete at Rooster, so it's Calipari's weight, too, not the same. So in the gi, it's got to be 127, and I know it's 122. Uh, 
Um, and I fight MMA at 125, so I'm kind of just close to everything. But ADCC is at 145 pounds, so I have a couple of to go for the next year. Um, so it'll be kind of like uh, a hard thing to be able to gain weight and compete the same time at that weight class. So, you know, this, this, this next year coming up, I might have to go up a weight class just to kind of balance things out to see if I can handle the weight difference. Yeah. Mm. No lie. That's a lot of weight to put on. That's typically a really good problem to have, though, even in, even in competition. Yeah, I was about to say, I'll give you some of my weight. I'm, I'm more than yeah. happy to do, to do yeah, some of that I can, if I can. I can chip in 15 pounds sure. without that even would be, blinking. That would actually be perfect. I mean, I wish it was that easy. I mean, I literally, my, my biggest bill that I have is eating because I just eat so much food that's just it's nauseating. I don't know how, I don't know where it goes or what goes on, but uh. um, I mean, for the most part, I just can't keep it on or put it on, so it's not, yep. especially naturally, you know. So it's something that obviously is a huge hurdle itself. Yeah, Man. we really liked Christian until the 19-minute yep. mark in the interview, yep. and that's when we were like, "God, that guy just won't shut up." With <laughs> I the, can't stop being jujitsu, and I lose weight. What? <laughs> yeah, six years <laughs> traveling brown yeah. belt. Yep. Oh, it's cool. We're we're not jealous or anything. You can't hear any of that disdain or anything. Obviously. Yeah, this is our method. We we bring our guests on and then we scold them. I know it's like <laughs> I, that's without our, fail at minute twenty. It's just like we liked you for a while. That's how that's how we pay the bills. It's uh, it's great, Christian. You just said you did MMA. I haven't even seen this part. I I saw an extensive list of yes, IBJJF tournaments and things, but are you also fighting in the cage? Yeah. Um. I mean, I was when I first moved here. Obviously, I wanted to kind of do MMA and Jiu-Jitsu both, so um, I've had two fights while I've been here. Um, one went really well, and the second one not so much, so I've taken off in the past year. Um, so, I mean, I've fought MMA, I've had five fights, and four and one. It, uh, they're, they're all amateur, obviously, so it's nothing crazy, but um, I mean, the biggest part is obviously trying to get bigger. I mean, my last fight, the problem was, was that I, I weighed in, and I weighed in fine, and then the next day I gained maybe three or four pounds, and he gained about 20, so um, I faced about the weight difference. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's, I think I'm just not ready size-wise to compete, I mean, at 125. But, I mean, if EFC maybe the 115 weight class, I would put everything in there to have Dana White call me because that would be nice because I think I'd be ready for that. But, I mean, for the most part right now, I'm just trying to – I want to be like the Robert Drysdale of the flyweight division. Like, I don't care who it is, what size they are. I want to go in there and they know don't even touch this team because he's going to grab it off, rip it off. So um, that's just what I'm trying to build up to. I was going to say, you've sold go. yourself very well to Dana White. If he were here, I'm sure he'd say something to the effect of, you know, half of my brain is, you know, 115 pounds, but, you know, I fucking like this kid. He's <laughs> <laughs> got fucking gumption. You know what he's, you know, I don't know a lot about this kid, but I'm going to tell you one fucking thing. I'm going to put him in the fucking 155 division just because what the fuck. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Well, you know, Christian, we we do this on uh, occasion with some of our guests that we find entertaining on the social media. So we have a oh, we have yeah. a game we'd love for you to play before we get you on out of here. Are are you up for this? Oh, of course, only always. All right, this is a game we like to call "Rep That Tweet." It is basically we're going to read your tweets back to you, and we're going to oh, ask God. you to explain yourself. <laughs> Or you can completely discard it entirely and just, you know, admit maybe not the best thing to tweet. But uh, uh, let, let's start with this. Okay. You tweeted this on February 10th. If you're an attractive woman driving a Range Rover and need a date Friday, I will clear my schedule for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely said that. Um, well, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, and um, I, I obviously know my worth and my value and... Mm-hmm. I see myself one day being a Range Rover owner, so okay. I just kind of want to cut right to the chase. I and mean, if there's a girl Sweet. already ready with a Range Rover, I thought it would be easy to just kind of jump in line and I'll take her out and we'll just kind of get married and that'll be it. I don't have to worry about the whole, you know, the foreplay to get have a girlfriend or other stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm an attractive guy, you know, but I'm busy, so I don't have time to go out and socialize <laughs> with these girls and buy them a car. So mm. I figured it would be the easiest way to just put that out there. I mean. I haven't gotten any responses back yet that I wanted, but okay. I'm, I'm I can't hoping believe that, that Friday, first of all. I know. Uh, uh, two responses to that. Uh, first of all, how considerate of you. 
<laughs> second of all, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And second of all, I, I do have a spoiler alert for you because the first words out of your mouth were, "I said that." I. I don't want to ruin it, but you have said all of these things. I'm not making any of these up. <laughs> None of these are going to be. Uh, I just like how specific it is. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman with a Range Rover, yep. it's like if, yeah. if it's a BMW 3 Series, I'm I'm not interested. You know, like, Ken, it, was, yeah. it was essentially his version of No Scrubs, just for guys. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. I mean, like I said, I, I knew exactly what I wanted, you know, and I should, I should be able to honestly put that out there, and it, you either fall into that or you don't. And I mean, it's okay. no harm, no foul, you know. I'm not upset if it, she drives a BMW, but she's just not the one for me. At this point. Sure. I, I just, I yeah, like how not you are. Yeah, he's not angry. Let's it's go just... to this next tweet. This next tweet says, from February fourth, every time I tape my fingers, I feel like James Bond. Uh, yeah, um, I said that one too. It, that, that one's not as great. I mean, <laughs> I was a little nervous when we came into this. The first one, I was like, oh, I wonder if you just randomly select that. There's there's some pretty bad ones. I don't know how far you're going, but uh, so I'm fine with answering this one. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, I like to consider myself, you know, a playboy philanthropist, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, like, oh, this guy's good at something, he's good at it at the same time. So I, I, my business suit is my gi, you know, and if I'm getting ready to train, I feel like putting my tie on, I'll put my tape on, and you know, once I put my tape on, I talk business. But you know, at the same time, deadly, sexy at the same time. So I, I don't know what else there's to say about that, but you know, uh, it, it is out there in the public, and I haven't had any response to that either. So <laughs> okay, I will. I will follow up that one with, uh, you know, do you have a rival like a Doctor No? Is is there an equivalent to that if you're James Bond? Uh, um, yeah, um, I really. I mean, I respect everybody in jiu-jitsu for the most part. Uh, I mean, I respect them. I'll say I respect everybody. Um, so uh, there's just one person in particular that I respect a lot, but, you know, I, I want everything that he has. It's obviously Calatera. So I'm looking forward to fighting him and competing with him and everything else. So um, in my world, he's my arch nemesis, and I'm looking forward to the day we meet. But as of right now, it's nothing too crazy, and I try to keep it professional. Um, I'm wondering if you understand that he doesn't like me very much, and I can't understand why. Um, but I'm sure, you know, one day when we cross paths, through the reason that we're going to, it'll be a very entertaining fight, and I'm looking forward to it. I, th- I love that. I was actually going to ask you before I think you kind of answered it, which was, does Kautara know that he's your arch nemesis? Like, do you just go up to him and you're like, nemesis? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've, I've given him some pretty uninviting, dirty looks intentionally, and I'm sure... You know, it's nothing against him. It's just like, you know, when I'm competing, I'm not trying to, like, be, like, the jail son of jiu-jitsu, but it's like, you know, this is my job, you know? And <laughs> to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, like, I, I will do unspeakable things to him and whoever I have to to make sure that I'm the best, you know? And so it's like, I'm not going to be best friends with this guy. I'm not going to offer for him to watch my kids one day. So, I mean, it's just like, hey, I don't like you. I respect you, but, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm going to rip your arm off. That's just how it has to be. So... Um, he probably has an inclination. We've spoken previously about some things in the past, business and training-wise, but um, anytime I see him in, in public, we don't talk, and I try to make sure he knows that I don't like him for now. Wow. I, I like I, I like it. where this is going. This is great. We could yeah. talk about him all day just to get the, <laughs> the true competitive spirit out I of can see I can see the Metamorris trailer already That's in two years. This is good. I would... I would love for that to happen. But Cal being the guy he is, would be like, no, I don't know who that is. I don't know who Christian is. It's not his problem. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool, awesome. And like I said, I'll just prove myself and they'll have to make it happen one day. I'll, I will bait that as hard as I can until it happens. That would be great. Sweet. Well, we're <laughs> on your side too. We'll bait it as well. We will definitely. Well, that's what we do. Yeah, we'll, we're, enjoy it. we'll definitely sell the fight without you even knowing it. Uh, yeah. Let's go to this next one. <laughs> Uh, had someone in my beginner's class ask me how to birambolo. I hate this world, February 7th. <laughs> so specific again. Uh, yeah, um, I won't say who said it. Um, I said the tweet, but I won't say who my beginner's class obviously said it. Sure. Um, I'm not a big fan of the bolo. I think it's stupid. No one can bolo me, so I don't believe in it. So, um, and for the most part, I see like a lot of the people these days, they 
they, they watch online. They're more like keyboard warriors. So, like, everybody that I come to them is like, oh, did you see the meow this? Did you see meow that? And it's like, meows are very successful, but you don't see them online looking and stalking people and, like, still on sure dog face and stuff. So, it's like this, this fake array of people that, like, just want to, like, do something that they think is cool that has nothing to do. I see guys that are, like, 325 pounds that want a Baron Bolo. I don't understand it. I'm like, hey, oh, thank you. you want a Baron Bolo? <laughs> Just bear and bolo. But I mean, like, I, I've got nothing for you. I don't bear and bolo, so I can't teach you how to do it. And I think it's stupid, so you shouldn't do it anyway. But I mean, that's as far as I go. I try not to close my mind to my students. I try to show them whatever they want. But because it's a beginner's class, I obviously can't be teaching bear and bolo. So I kind of just like said, hey, that's a very bad question to ask. And you should be punished, but I'm not going to punish you. And you have to just wait to go over outside and learn that. Cause I'm not gonna do that. So it, was, it was an understanding, and we moved on from the back. <laughs> It is. There are other moves that you should master first before adding into exactly. your repertoire. Just from a beginner's yes. perspective, it's like no, there's it's a exactly. lot of shit in between. Yes, yeah, like hip escaping and like learning how to actually like tie your belt and stuff like that. I I highly agree. With you. <laughs> you know, it's just some people they're like, oh, I heard about Barambola. What's that? Can you teach it to me? And I'm like, yeah, I could show them a hip escape. I'm like that's the Barambola. That's awesome. They have no idea. So um, <laughs> I completely agree with you. I I couldn't agree more. All right. That's, well, that's a good stance. Yeah, Christian, yeah. this has been a good rep that tweet. This has been a very – we might have to do this more because did you hear the reluctance in his voice when it was like, I don't know how far back you went, <laughs> but – which leads me to believe we're going to need to go further back. Yeah, I mean, if you want to ever do this, whether it's a podcast or not, feel free to call me. We can talk all day. But um, Or just uh, a Saturday. That yeah, would be that's nice. fine. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, whatever you want. I mean – if you want to, I try to uh, every once a month, like go back and see how vulgar some of my tweets or my comments are, um, and I delete them. But there's there's one right around that area where you're getting to that caused a lot of problems. I got yelled at from a lot of different people, including my manager. Ah. So you you guys will find something out and be like, oh, why did you say this? And then I'll have to be like, uh, I tweeted this. I can't really talk about that one. I'll be yelled at again. So, but I mean, there's a lot of good ones in there. You know, like exactly. the idea is. We don't want you to get shot at or anything. You know, we're not trying to make you Chael Sonnen in Brazil. Like, <laughs> we mostly want to make sure that when you say things like, hey, Vegas has taught me, don't spend money at a strip club. Best places to eat are off the strip. And don't trust a girl with bad eyebrows. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think that's the best advice I could give. Yeah. yeah. That's actually not a bad user guide to Vegas. That's pretty good. Well, Christian, we know you need to go teach a class. And um, where can people find you? People can find you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, it's uh, K underscore Woodmancy on Twitter. There's an Instagram. I think it's at W-H-O-K-I-D underscore kid. Uh, it's like a fan page, regular personal page. But feel free to blast out whatever you guys want. If you guys want to follow me and tweet me back with your crazy as well as fine with me absolutely we uh love the twitter wars and yeah you have the easiest last name to spell in the world it's just wood man c um exactly the way they're spelled well christian we can't thank you enough for stopping by the podcast and good luck as you continue to compete and we'll definitely check back in with you awesome guys i appreciate the uh the uh, uh reach out and letting me do this stuff and i love to do it again if you ever want to talk about anything so just let me know and I appreciate the offer and everything you guys did. And, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Not a problem, man. You have a good one. All right. You too, guys. Thanks. Tons of fun with Christian. I really hope he travels through D.C. It'd be really fun to train with. Get him out to the gym. Show some of those... Pretty sweet arm bar moves. He showed a really cool online. Check it out. Just put in Christian Woodmancy, and you can find a really cool transition to a side control that like starts with a Kimura and turns into a triangle that I plan That's on not pulling off tomorrow. <laughs> what I I was staring at that for the past. Actually, when you were talking right now, that's exactly what I was watching. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Everything looks great until the part where I'd fuck up, but. Everything else looks really awesome about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those moves. It's like, oh, look how easy that is. He just throws his leg right in. No problem. And then you try it and you somehow wind up facing the wrong way with a well, different training partner. It's like, wait, the other, the hell? The other problem is if you don't drill that a billion times, you don't necessarily have that beginning control over where your legs are going. 
because it's just like what that's you, true you're spitting underneath and then you're already supposed you not kick the person in the face Ooh, sorry i can do that i can do that it means it's time for shout outs here at verbal tap podcast i will go ahead and go first rafa sparza course to the guys out training at bjj and mma academy it's been a great week we have like six new people over the last two weeks it's been awesome. awesome yes it is just to have some uh some newer people and andrew's been showing me some pretty badass sweeps especially from uh half guard on bottom no concept jujitsu out in maryland do not forget please do not forget to check out our friends over at bjj finder the world's premier jujitsu locators website you just put in an account it's free you find a school near you you train it doesn't matter if you're traveling on business whatever you can find them bjjfinder.com don't forget to check us out over at verbaltapcast.com. This is my shout out to our own podcast ref. Mm, good. In case you were wondering where I was headed, that's where I was going. So sneaky. Um, and Drysdale Academy out there in Las Vegas. Go check them out. Stop in, say hi to Christian before he starts traveling the world trying to gain weight and become an even more badass jiu-jitsu fighter. That's going to do it for me, Raf Esparza. Oh, are you sure you don't want to shout out Rob? Mm. He, no, I mean, it's under, understood. I texted him, obviously. I going on. cannot wait for the moment when you do meet Rob. <laughs> and the first thing he does is just more of the shit out of your arm. Call me Mr. Drysdale. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> My apologies. So there's that. Yeah. Ah, my shout outs are as follows. I'd love to give a shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. V-Mac. V-Mac. So great to train out there. The good people such as Hassan, who has been leading open mats with authority and, and conviction. You know, it's a great open mat when you show up and somebody says, hey, Raf, did you want to start drilling something or... Because we're that's what we're doing right now, and I'm like, we're drilling. Nobody ever wants to drill. Yay! That's how you get better. So it was just awesome to get the opportunity to both roll, drill, and then learn something entirely new that I couldn't possibly do. So much props to him and the good folks out there. So really, really good training out with them, and I'll soon be doing a little bit more because my second shout out is going to the good folks over at The Tonight Show. Oh, Raph. It was... A, so for those that don't know, Raph's been working at The Tonight Show for quite a while, and they just came to an unprecedented end of their run. I'm really curious to hear how this goes, your thoughts. The final show was excellent, by the way. Yes. The it final was show was the best kind of show that we could put on, without doubt. It is... It was uh, a lot of looking back, but high-caliber guests. Uh, Billy Crystal was our main guest. Garth Brooks was both guests uh, for two different songs and just a really, really cool experience to be a part of. Yeah, and Garth Brooks, oh, I'm a, I'm a Garth fan, so uh, he doesn't do that much. He doesn't do it ever. He no. Do ever. Actually, and I'll, I'll give you guys some insight onto this because why would you know this? Garth Brooks came on the show about two, three months ago. Yeah, back in November. And he was both a guest and a music guest. And normally about that time, that's when everybody who's been on the show, been friends with the show around November, starts coming back in full because they want to get in before it's done. So because he was guest and music guest, you'd think, oh, well, all right, that was Garth Brooks last time on there. Yeah. And that's what I think everybody thought of, except Garth Brooks when he was closing out the segment and got to do a really cool song on the monologue marker, which is special. Nobody ever really gets to do uh, in confidence tells Jay just like, Hey man, yeah, I'd love to come back. And everybody goes, you would. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, no, I like everybody thinks in their head. Like this was the last one. He's like, no, no, come back. So Garth was nice enough to come back and not only come back, do a really good song. Uh, I think the dance is what he's saying the first time, but yes. then to end the show with, uh, Friends in Low Places. Now, I don't know anything about country songs, but I know those two, and that's about it. 
So it was an appropriate end for our show. And you don't have to love country to love Garth, but yeah. I mean, I really don't like country, but I, I know those two songs. And the <laughs> Friends in Low Places is always a fun song to sing when you are drunk and at a bar somewhere. So why not? And it was a nice way to do it. But yeah, I I can't tell you what a rare treat it has been to have been a part of the Tonight Show for the past five years. And I got to work for both uh, end of J 1.0, Conan, end of Conan, beginning of J all over again. And you would think that would be a problem, that people wouldn't like you because you get to do both. But everybody at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno treated me with the utmost respect and, and niceness. And you can't ask for a better staff of people who really just enjoyed putting on a good, fun show for people. And it's kind of weird because I know that there are people who don't like Jay. They'll never be won over by him. But Jay always treated all of us just so well. Like the worst problem you ever had with Jay is if he made fun of you randomly. Like in front of people, he'd just make like a small joke. And I consider that an honor. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's like <laughs> you compare that to like some of your friends who work in entertainment who – are getting berated by their bosses, make them stay ridiculous late hours. No, Jay was always super cool to all of us. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see him uh, hand over the torch to Jimmy Fallon. So for all of us, I think it was a really cool experience. And the after party was amazing. Everybody seeing everybody just really happy. And uh, this is my last week here at NBC. So I am slowly trying to take all the office supplies I possibly can. There you go. And uh, I just want to leave on this note because we have this forum to to tell people what the experience is like. Um, I think it is a cool experience that I don't know I'll ever get to repeat in uh, in the future. But for what it was, it was an amazing run. And I hope the people in New York really know what to appreciate with The Tonight Show moving over there because it is it is unlike any other show you will ever be on. There are other talk shows, but there's only one Tonight Show. So it was cool to be a part of it. And I just, yeah, I congratulations is the the number one word because that long of a run is again unprecedented. And just um, as people know that tune into the show, Raf got a got me in to see the show up close and personal back in November. I was there for the Jiu Jitsu Expo. I've never seen anything like it. It's the coolest. And uh, if the two seconds of stammering that I did while you introduced me to Jay are any indication, he is a very <laughs> nice person. He just uh, so cool. So my compliments, because I thought the last show was unbelievable. I thought the last week was really great. And I've always been a Leno fan. I think he just, I think, how could you, how do you dislike him? I guess is my, I, I never understand that. It's like you, you dislike him? Like it might not be necessarily your brand I mean, of comedy. But. People, people love to tell you, especially this is my favorite, one of my favorite things when I would tell people, I'm like, yeah, I work at the Tonight Show. Oh, with, with Jay? Yeah, yeah, I work with Jay. Yeah, I like Conan. Oh, cool. I worked with him, too. He's really nice and really smart. Yeah? Which do you like better? I'm like, whoever pays my paycheck, dick? Who do you fucking think? Like, all of these guys are millionaires. They make great money. They're all talented in their own different ways. So, like, I love David Letterman. I love all these people. So being a part of this kind of ridiculous caliber of show, and as you mentioned, it's it's a spectacle. When you go there... I would tell people, I'm like, even if you don't like Jay, just come for the spectacle. And I can't tell you how many people we had just over the years just enjoy themselves and get lost in the whole like, whoa, this is actually a really cool show. Ugh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep. So cheers to The Tonight Show. Thank you guys very much. And uh, I will see you all in the unemployment line. There you go. And we'll go from there. And I wish you the best of luck. Um, are you more shout outs? Are you all shouted out? I think that's it. If I forgot anybody, I'll do them on the next one. Yeah. Raph I and I did want to take a, a final somber note. Um, Marcelo Garcia, which everyone knows, the Garcia family, he lost his son. Uh, so obviously thoughts and prayers are with the entire Garcia family as they deal with that loss. But as a BJJ community, everyone's sort of been rallying around and, 
and wishing their good luck. So obviously, Raph and I do that here at Verbal Tab Cast because without the BJJ community and fans, where would we be? Without the MMA community, which is a big overlap there. Thank you all so much. That's going to do it for us here tonight at VerbalTapCast.com, where you can review us on iTunes. I am Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and... Thank you.